0: paper since 1971 chicago reader bumper stickers chicago reader lunch boxes chicago reader socks chicago so much chicago reader stuff everybody check out the chicago reader store how's it going everyone we're back i have the internet (laughs) (laughs) yes more on that to follow Yeah, my internet went down. Uh, I'm kind of seeing a lot of people having the same experience. Uh, Weigh in and let me know. Are you guys having outages, internet outages? Anybody? Nobody? Let us know in the live stream chat Uh, because, yeah, that sure happened to us yesterday as we were getting the show on the way. It was funny. Uh, This is not my first uh, live stream uh, podcasting rodeo. Uh, My internet was working about 10 minutes before the show yesterday. I said, oh, hell no. I've been there before. We're going to get going. And as soon as we start, it's going to shut down again. So we said to change edit. It was 10 minutes. Was that what it was? I had it an hour. But who can remember? It
1: was like years ago.
0: Okay, I'll edit it out. Edit that out. Edit that out. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're back up and running today. A new Ben show for you. Sorry for all of our live stream chat listeners who didn't get to hear Monroe Anderson. Yeah, I'm sorry, too, because he was on fire in the pre-show prep. He was ready to
1: go. But, uh, you know, Monroe will be here every Wednesday in the Ben
0: Drowski Show. You hear that, so. Stephen? Next Wednesday, Monroe Anderson. Yeah. All right, here we go. Your Ben Drowski Show for Thursday, March 4th is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. <laughs> The Chicago Federation of Labor sponsors, (laughs) as well as the Chicago Reader. Thank God. Science is back, baby. Check out that Ben Jarofsky book available now. Ben Jarofsky's greatest hits Become a binhead Head That's an avid fan of the Ben Jarofsky show If you become a binhead Head at uh, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky uh, You'll find more information out On how to become a binhead Head And if you're a binhead Head, rumor has it You'll get a deal on that Ben Jarofsky book So go check that out, help support the show Help support the Chicago Reader All that good stuff, okay, you have a song of the day Yes, we're back to business as usual A song of the day for our host of Butcher <coughs>
1: Hold on, get the water ready.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. There it is. What a show. Okay, uh, your song of the day comes from Frank Dean Martin. Ain't that a kick in the head? Oh. I know that song, but I can't think it now. How about if I just sing this
1: one? Valare. Hey, come on, D. Whoa, whoa. come on, Dennis. Whoa, va, va, whoa, whoa. I don't know That's what I'm singing at all. Song. I think it's, ain't that a kick in the head? That's the. Oh, the boy yoing's added <laughs> in there. <laughs> Dean Martin's a flip-flopper? You know what? I got to say this right now. Uh, this is a tangent within a tangent. You know how uh, I get on those uh, YouTube jags, and I start watching one thing, and the next thing you know, it's an hour later. I watched uh, an old bit of Dean Martin from the Johnny Carson show. I think it was 1975. He was either a great doing a great act as a drunk, or he was really drunk on that show. Very strange act Dean Martin had in retrospect. Just saying, pretending going on the uh, t- Johnny Carson show. I'm a drunk. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, guys, did you miss Jeez. us?
0: Did you miss us? <laughs> Gene March. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. <laughs> it is Thursday, March 4th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, we have internet. Happy birthday, Chicago! And it's a City Council synopsis with Mr. City Council himself, David Glowatz. (music) And now your host, Chicago reader columnist Ben (laughs) Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarovsky
1: here, calling this Good News Thursday, and here's why. Because we have good news. That's why. Let's start with good news item number one. We're on the... <laughs> Why does that bottle thing always get to me? Sometimes I'll be walking at night, and I'll think about the smashing bottle, and I'll just smile. That and Lori Life would go going, yes, science is back, baby. Oh, my goodness. I'm a sucker for those bits. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Good God. News. <laughs> science is back, baby. I can't wait. Dave Glowatt says he's got some real doozies from uh, last week's city council meeting that we'll be adding to. Let's hope there's some Raylo showdowns with Lori Liefen, huh? All right. Good news. Item number one, we're on the air. Meaning, yes, as Dennis said, our computers are working. You may recall we were not on the air yesterday. That's because our computers weren't working. We made this discovery about 10 minutes before this show. That's the editing. Nice job. Dennis Dennis broke the news on a Facebook post at which point questions from listeners poured in like this one. Question number one, 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 one. Hey, cheapskates, did you pay your Comcast bill? That
0: that was not a question on the Facebook. (laughs) I put on there. Yes, I paid the bill because that happened one time. We didn't have Internet. And I just. Okay. i was broke and i had i was hard up, Did you
1: man. know what i was gonna say before i was gonna say it <laughs> have we been working together that long you can finish my thoughts all right tell the listeners right now what i am thinking about i'm thinking about something right now pizza mm. wow very close i was thinking about steak we have been working together a long time i don't know why i was thinking about steak kind of want a nice juicy piece of steak anyway as Dennis was just saying, because he read <laughs> he read my mind. There was a show, I think it ended prematurely mm. because someone, I am not saying who, had not paid the Comcast bill. Just the sort of thing that will never ever happen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, millionaire Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah, Joe Rogan. You think Joe Rogan ever show goes down because he didn't pay the Comcast oh, man, bill? It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Anyway, question number two. Did you wiggle the wires? Yes, we wiggled the wires. And let me just say this about Dennis. People don't know this about him. He's become really good at wiggling the wires. That sounds dirty. (laughs) He's really good at wiggling his wire ever since we started working at the Chicago Sun Times.
0: And this is. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I was good at wiggling the wires at WCU later as well. All right. Don't you know. (laughs) they're not they're not innocent in all this all right oh my god so many times you look over at me i'm under the the desk (laughs) like a mechanic oh my god i how can i forget that one of the greatest
1: moments in my early radio career uh (laughs) he gets so true dennis was in the studio next to mine he was the producer the brains behind the show without him there would be no show and uh, so I'm, I'm the talent. <laughs> so I'm talking away, and all of a sudden I see Dennis. Uh, this cannot be good. Get off his chair. Go under the desk. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was wiggling his wire under that desk. Anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But if you recall, Brian, the computer genius at the Chicago Sun-Times. What up, Brian? The smartest man at the Bright One. Uh, From time to time when we would have difficulties back in the old days when we were at the studio, uh, Dennis would run out, grab Brian. Brian would run in and he'd look at the computer console and he would, you know, stroke his chin like he was deep in thought and then he would pronounce, I think you should wiggle the wire.
0: Thank you, Brian. You miss us, Brian. I know you do. (laughs) Oh, hey, Brian, uh, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wiggle wire
1: and then finally the third question uh did you unplug the computer and then plug it back in yes even i know about that okay even i geezer that i am know about that so as dennis said i'm not sure why it collapsed i just know that it's working and it was working yesterday about 3:30. we did a great interview if i must say so myself with my dear friend mick dumpke this one belongs in the vaults ladies and gentlemen you've got to check it out we'll be dropping it this weekend uh it's mick taking the deep dive on his latest story about the execution of an alderman yes a chicago alderman in 1963 was shot gang style the back of the head in his office ben ben lewis is his name 24th ward alderman mick took the deep dive it's the mob it's daily it's the police it's uh powerful politicians on the west side it's got everything you would want and the the murder remains unresolved. Chicago will turn over every stone it has to discover if Jesse Smollett made up that story about whether or not he was uh, mugged at 2 o'clock in the morning. A story that absolutely nobody believed from the moment he uttered it, except for a few liberal types on national TV. This is an outrage. <laughs> Anyway, but they still can't solve the murder of Ben Lewis. I guess where there's a will, there's a way. Anyway, that's, uh, so the computers are working. I'm really happy. The whole time, Dean, we were doing that interview, I kept being afraid. Oh, my God, this is so good. Please, computer, don't fall. Please, computer, don't fall. And then I'd be marking down where we were in the interview, fearing that it was recording, uh, even if it wouldn't finish. But it finished. We got it. We'll drop it this weekend. So that's really good news. And finally, the other good news is that here we go. I got an appointment for the vaccine. How about that? You're kidding. No. Yes, until this morning, I was the only geezer in Chicago who didn't have an appointment. I would like going into random Walgreens and begging the pharmacist, please give me a shot. I'm sorry, sir, but you have to call the toll line number. Folks, if you want a vision of hell, call the toll line number of Walgreens for a shot, uh, for to set up an appointment for a shot. Anyway. We're we going to the United Center. Me, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen. We'll be getting our shot all together, and then we're going to shoot some baskets afterward. D. Well, Just, you, you, did, mean, you did you did hear I, the
0: latest, right? In the Chicago Sun Times. No, what? No, they don't tell me they canceled everything. No, no, breaking news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> From Stefano Esposito, early problems ironed out with booking vaccine appointments at the United Center. So, looks like they were having some issues. Hopefully, uh, everything works out okay.
1: Oh, I needed you to tell me that, Stefano Esposito. You should have heard my wife at 8.30 this morning. Mother, mother. Anyway, for a second, I thought it was personal, like they were punishing me for all those TIF articles I've been writing. But no, 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 it's just there's a lot of people, not a lot of vaccines. I got my appointment appointment. Now I feel like Sally Fields during her Oscar reception speech. D, you like me, you like me. Question is, does getting an appointment change my opinion about the rollout? And the answer is no. If FDR had reacted to Hitler's threat the way our leaders have reacted to the virus, we'd all be speaking German right now. And I blame Donnie Trump and the lunatics in the Republican Party. First, they denied the vax, the vir- virus is real. Then they threw a hissy fit at having to wear a mask. Then they said it defeated the virus so it was safe to throw spreader events. Then they lost the election and insisted they won it. Then they pretended that the virus had been conquered. And now that after 500,000 people died, They still don't think the virus was real. They just had a convention in Florida. And the overriding theme is, yay, we don't have to wear masks. It's hard to have a rally around the flag moment uniting the whole country when half of the country has lost its mind. We got a great show today, everybody. Dave Glowatz, as I said, from Inside Government. He's got a whole bunch of vintage... Council quotes, exchanges between various aldermen and the mayor. He's got it all ready to go. And my, one of my favorite moments in podcasting will occur today where he will say, Dennis, play it, Burke. And Dennis will be going, finally, someone who understands the game. He pushes that the is button. correct and it sounds so good. So uh Dave will be here. He may come on we may bring him on a little early. He's he's got so much material. We may bring him on a little early. And so we don't. So we may have him on early. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dennis, that'd be called Shattering the Fourth Wall <laughs> Unnecessary uh, Let's take the, edit that out of the podcast By the way, Dennis pulled a real fast one with me The other day, but it was so funny I know the uh, live stream listeners I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast But uh, we did the interview with Dave Weiss <clears throat>
0: Oh, foul mouth! Hey, Adolfo Mondragon, you got competition, buddy. This David Weiss, what a foul mouth feller he was. We Dennis's idea, and I think it's a good one. Have Adolfo
1: and Dave on the show, the same show, uh, and see who drops the f bomb first. It'll a cur- be a curse uh, encounter.
0: What's a curse encounter?
1: <laughs> yes. So uh, anyway, uh, he was on the show, and before the he came on, I didn't realize that Dennis was recording. Oh that little trickster. And I I forget what silly things I was saying about Dave Weiss, Uh, but Dennis kept it, put it on the, uh, on the podcast. So it's the first thing you hear. Dave I thought it was pretty funny. Actually I was cracking up. Uh, Dave Weiss did an outstanding job. We're definitely going to bring him back. Uh, So uh, anyway, uh, plenty of political talk ahead of us. Before we do that, the young man from
0: Alton, the man that Dave Weiss calls Dr. Doobie. With the news. He did not call me that. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> yes, we're back. We have internet again. Uh, I was asking everybody on the live stream chat to weigh in. And if you listen on the download, weigh in as well. Send us an email. Show at gmail.com. Has your internet been acting funky lately? Uh, Kyle weighed in. He says, Yes, Dennis. Every four to six weeks, I have to call my internet service provider to restart my modem on their end. Me too. And uh, Kyle says, Because my Wi Fi always mysteriously drops. You never have this problem, Ben. I don't think so. I've got a lot of problems. In fact, we
1: can fill up the hour uh, on my problems that I have. Let's not do that. Uh, but yeah, but <laughs> let's not do that. But no, never, I've not had this problem. So no, I don't know. why. Now, as soon as I said, as soon as I, it's sort of like last night's Bulls game. You know, um, I got a text from my sister. Hey, the Bulls won. Well, actually, the game wasn't over. And the next thing you know, uh, the uh, New Orleans made a run at him, so I don't want to jinx myself. You get what I'm saying? I don't want to prematurely say that I have no problems with the computer, because then the next thing you know, the whole internet will crash. But have not had that problem
0: yet, yet. All right. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. I don't know in the next hour and a half or so. All right. My name's Dennis. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and/or Illinois this afternoon. Happy birthday, Chicago! <laughs> it's true. Today is Chicago's birthday, and thanks to the Chicago Sun-Times, we are going to do a round of Chicago political trivia. (laughs) Say what? I'm having trouble believing it myself, people. It's going to be a good time. Chicago trivia coming up, but first, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Whatever you say, Governor. (laughs) Today, Governor Pritzker is in the 618, my hometown, downstate Illinois. He's at the Jackie Joyner-Kersey Center Gym in East St. Louis. He'll be there. Well, he was there at 11 a.m. to highlight the new criminal justice and police reform law and at the Jackie Joyner-Kersey Center Gym for the event. Jackie Joyner-Kersey herself, the Olympian. Yes. JB gave a press briefing at the event. I have some audio. Now let's all listen in as a starstruck governor tries to hold himself together while in the presence of Olympic royalty. Mm. great to be back here in east st louis and of course uh, to be here with jackie Joyner kersey a hometown hero a hero of mine uh, somebody i uh, care a great deal about have and it, i know it. this community does too
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would be uh starstruck too
0: one of the great <laughs> olympians of all time from east st louis also at the event the lieutenant governor juliana stratton good morning everyone it's so great to be back here in east st louis or as my family from the metro East says east boogie east boogie i've never heard anyone say that myself but east boogie (laughs) wait aren't you from there yeah oh i'm from i'm from alton i would hear people you know it's right by east st louis never heard anyone call it east boogie
1: me neither but i've i only rarely get out of chicago so i wouldn't know
0: We marched together after the murder of George Floyd and last fall we proposed seven criminal justice reform principles and your recent signing of House Bill 3653 is just one more example of how you are working to advance change, working to repair the harm that has been done by the criminal justice system, especially to black and brown communities.
1: Yes, that, of course, she's alluding to the recently passed bill that gets rid of cash bail. I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, of course, it was met with fierce resistance from Republicans. It will still be, uh, it will be a center point, I think, of a centerpiece, I should say, of the Republican opposition to J.B. Pritzker. You watch, D. They're going to be hammering this one for a while. Uh, the law and order campaign of the Republican, no matter who the nominee is. You could have the quote-unquote moderate in the Republican Party, which would be, I I presume, Adam Kinzinger, uh, if he uh, does, as many people suspect. By the way, uh, Jacob Kaplan and Danny Pogoschewski will be coming on the show. We're going to be doing a bonus interview with them, and they have a lot of theories about Adam Kinzinger. They think for certain that he'll be running uh, for governor. Uh, But anyway, no matter who the Republican candidate is, you can be sure that they'll be trying to – scare everybody uh, by talking about how uh, getting rid of cash bail is going to somehow or other lead to more crime throughout the state, not just in the city of Chicago.
0: So that was the event at the Jackie Joyner Kersey Center. Uh, Rumor has it, don't have any audio, don't have any video, but rumor has it JB and Jackie Joyner had a little uh, 40-yard dash (laughs) before he left. Oh, and Jackie Joyner Kersey smoked his ass. I'm not a perfect person. Uh, actually, it was the potato sack
1: race, Steve. Oh, really? The potato sack? Yeah, they, they went in for head to head in the potato sack. Remember the potato sack race? <laughs> I was actually I? not bad at the potato sack race. Well, so I was here try- we go.
0: You know, you kind of spoiled it, but I was trying to get a surprise potato sack Ben Jarowski show race going once this damn dirty pandemic's over, you know?
1: Me versus
0: Danny Pogoszelski and Jacob Kaplan in the potato sack race. <laughs> What a what a what an event that would be. <laughs> the governor then headed to the Touche Regional Hospital at 1230 in Centerville to address distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine to underserved communities. And no, I don't have any audio of that. But hey, it's nice to hear that the governor is in good spirits today, especially after his pick for the new chair of the Democratic Party of Illinois was not voted in. The vote for Madigan's old seat was last night. It was between woman Michelle Harris and Illinois Congresswoman Robin Kelly. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. Choosing the first woman and person of color to lead them, Democrats named U.S. Representative Robin Kelly. Chair of the Democratic Party of Illinois on Wednesday, despite concerns over limits on her ability to raise and spend funds, choosing the first woman and person of color to lead them. Uh, they picked Robin Kelly. Kelly garnered 51.7 percent of the Wade vote to become the chair of the party, narrowly besting all Alderm- their woman Michelle Harris during a virtual meeting of members of the state party's leadership ranks. Kelly and Harris thanked each other. They're in good spirits and promise to work together after the evening vote. Harris went into the meeting with more committee members publicly supporting her candidacy, but fell short with 48.3 percent of the total. All right. Time now for quotes. First, the victor, the newly elected chair of the Illinois Democratic Party. Robin Kelly said, quote, tonight we made history together. Thank you so much. I will not disappoint you and wear your masks. She literally said that you continued saying, I have lived downstate and in the Chicagoland area. Additionally, my district is urban, suburban and rural, which gives me the perspective needed to serve all Democrats, no matter what part of the state they come from. I understand the issues that Democrats running for office throughout Illinois face. Because I've been there. The congresswoman said she'd bring a, quote, multifaceted approach to leading the party, including revamping its social media, increasing the party's focus on small dollar donations, as well as other fundraising efforts to bring money into the party. In a statement, Michelle Harris called Robin Kelly, quote, an esteemed colleague and said it is time to move forward and we will do that together. Oh, <laughs>
1: All right, I got a lot of thoughts on this. <clears throat> by the way, uh, Peter Jenko, uh, Democratic Commitment from the 14th Congressional District, he was going to be on the show yesterday, the show that it was aborted when uh, our computer f- crashed. <laughs> but he sent me an email, which I will read in a little while. Uh, but he predicted it, D. He? He, uh, just give a shout-out to Peter Jenko, for, as again, 14th Congressional District up in McHenry County. He predicted that... Um, Robin Kelly would be victorious. And this was when Michelle Harris, he made that prediction when Michelle Harris uh, was uh, still leading uh, in most You know, uh, people who had uh, committed already. There was an uncommitted uh, vote that was out there and uh, Peter successfully said, predicted that that uncommitted vote will go to Robin Kelly. Couple thoughts. Uh, number one, it was really important uh, for the Democratic Party of the state of Illinois to move away from... It's Michael Joseph Madigan ties. That's pretty obvious. Michael Joseph Madigan, uh, the former Speaker of the House, former Chair of the uh, Illinois Party in the uh, the Illinois Democratic Party, was hugely unpopular throughout the state of Illinois It was a burden uh, to the party. And no matter how loyal his union supporters were, no matter how loyal uh, his sh- Chicago allies were, no matter how appreciative I was for Madigan, for standing up Toronto for those four years. It didn't matter. He was a detriment to the party that he has uh, led with an iron hand, or iron fist, for, I forget how many years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever. So he had to go. So they had to distance themselves from him. Secondly, they had to distance themselves from Chicago. Again, I'm talking... About building the appeal outside of Cook County, outside of Chicago, outside of DuPage, uh, as Dennis has said many times on this show, downstate voters really don't like Chicago. Huh? It's it's a very bizarre uh, attitude. It's been around forever. I D I've been living in the state of Illinois since 1966, and I I, I don't quite understand the antipathy that people outside of Chicago have for Chicago. I remember back in the day, Mike Rico was a columnist for the Chicago uh, daily news and the sun times always made fun of downstate people. Uh, And he, he, he would say the downstate voters from pink kisser County. He kept calling it pink kisser County, which was kind
0: of funny. That's what I was going to say. You know, it takes two to tango upstate. Isn't necessarily the sweetest, of downstate either.
1: Yes, that's true. That's the point I was making. Uh, And, but I feel as though upstate has done a better job of at least shielding its attitude toward downstate. I don't see anybody upstate with a, a, like a, who would be a DB Bailey suck signs in their uh, on their lawn, although that may be coming. But downstate, as Dennis points out, there's lots of Pritzker suck signs. So if the Democrats are going to have, what, any attempt to, make themselves a statewide party as opposed to just concentrating on Cook and DuPage and Lake, et cetera, and so forth. They've got to sort of distance themselves from Madigan and they have to distance themselves from Chicago and what's known as the machine. I have troubles with the word machine these days, D. Uh, It seems like nobody wants to be in the machine. So no matter where you are in the political spectrum, you call your opponent the machine. There is no more machine. Let's be honest, folks. The daily machine, as in Richard J. Daley, and I talk about this with Big Dumpkey when we take that deep dive on Alderman Ben Lewis, that machine is, is so long gone. It's so in the rearview mirror. Uh, it was just largely defeated by a series of anti-patriotage decisions by federal judges. Uh, so you cannot, you cannot obligate a city worker, most city workers, to go door to door for you. So there goes the patronage army that gave the machine that huge advantage. That machine was still alive as recently as 2002 when Rahm Emanuel, with Richard M. Daly's blessing, ran for Congress to replace Rod Blagojevich. And then Rahm Emanuel tried to pretend that he was an anti-machine reformer. So it just goes to show you nobody wants to be affiliated with the machine, even like if, like Rahm Emanuel, you owe your career to the machine. Everybody wants to be the anti-machine person. Even people in the machine want to be the anti-machine people. You got Ed Burke, who is the quintessential Chicago machine hack acting like a city council reformer. And last week's budget matters. We'll be talking about that with Dave Glowatz in a little while. So it was just really important to have some distance, even if the machine doesn't exist between the notion of just like the symbol of the machine. So, that's why, and I didn't take a position. So Michelle Harris fans out there, just cut me some slack on this one. But that's why I did not understand why anybody in the, the Democratic Party thought it would be a good idea to have a Chicago alderman represent the Democratic Party. We talk, I talked about this with Joanna Klonsky, she was on the show Tuesday. I've talked about this with many people. Why would you think this is a good idea? If you're trying to win over voters in Alton and Godfrey and Carbondale and Cole County, why would, why would you think that would be a good idea to have a Chicago Alderwoman be the head of the Democratic Party? I didn't understand this. Nothing against Michelle Harris. Just, just saying. What's the word they always use in politics these days? Optics. The optics. We're bad. So anyway, very close vote. Robin Kelly was victorious. John Cullerton, Dennis's good friend, former state Senator John Cullerton, uh, was a Michelle Harris supporter, former president of the Senate, raised a lot of concerns and questions about Robin Kelly's ability to raise money. Uh, I would say that for the next cycle, anyway, that won't be the greatest challenge uh, the Democratic Party faces because J.B. Pritzker is still very much uh, at the forefront. He's going to be on the ticket. So, raising, and Tammy Duckworth will be on the ticket. She'll be raising her own money. So, I, I feel as though that issue of fundraising abilities is not going to be um, a big challenge for the Democrats. But we'll see what uh, Danny Pogoszewski and uh, Jacob Kaplan have to say about that uh, when we bring them on. I thought that was largely exaggerated by Michelle Harris's supporters. Uh, so anyway, D, I I feel as though that the Democrats probably made the right decision in, in uh, choosing uh, ha- uh, Kelly over Harris because, again, you want to distance yourself from Chicago. And, uh, but uh, the other thing is is that it's really J.B. Pritzker's party. Uh, he's the one who's going to be paying most of the bills. So, so it is curious uh, that his candidate uh, didn't win. And my guess is, is that he kind of didn't twist a lot of arms D because if he really did, I think uh, Harris would have won.
0: All right. And before we move on any uh, picks that you would have liked to seen uh, replace Madigan in that position beside Harris or uh, Robin Kelly.
1: You know, I, I didn't have any uh uh favorites. I like Al Riley. Uh Al Riley used to come on our show when, uh, all the time. He hasn't been on in a while. I like Al Riley, really smart guy, and um and he's not afraid to debate. Al Riley would come at you know if he disagreed with me, come at me strong. Was, he was, was a great guest. So I liked him and he remember he invited us down uh for a uh Meet the Candidates. Where was that, D? Uh, Kankakee. kiki uh, yeah, and yeah, We had a great time. So I would have, I would have been happy with uh, Al Riley. But again, the 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 main point was to distance yourself from Michael Joseph Madigan. I just think that was key. And I think think the uh, r- largely who the head of the Democratic Party is will fade and significance uh, as time moves on. I know that Dem- the Republicans are going to try to make an issue of this. They already try to make an issue by saying, oh, another bad day for Pritzker. But I think uh, except for political junkies, junkies like you, me, and the people who listen to this show, not a lot of people outside of uh, that confines are paying attention to this.
0: Al Riley, I've noticed since he's been fired from WCPTA 20, you've been distancing yourself from Ben Jarofsky. Come on the Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show, Al. Come on.
1: I I gotta reach out to Al. Yeah, no, I haven't reached out to him. It's on me, not him. But yeah, Al Riley used to schlep up to uh, the old studio more than once.
0: That was a long haul, and uh, he's a great guest. So yeah, bring Al Riley back. All right, and other Illinois news. And for those listening who may have used to live in Illinois, no longer do. uh, For those who may be wondering, huh? I wonder if any anything in Illinois has changed. Well. How's it going? I'm Dennis. I still live here, and not much has changed. Oh, except the fact that everyone in Illinois likes getting really, really high. And <laughs> we have the numbers to prove it. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, and yes, you'll find them hot boxing in the Sun-Times parking lot. Tommy Two-Joint Shuba. Illinois pot shops unloaded nearly $2.9 million worth wow. of recreational weed each day in February, Damn. outpacing a record set just a month earlier. Guys, there's only 28 days in February. We beat the record. <laughs> Uh, People smoking that reefer. (laughs) Average daily sales in February hit a new high of roughly $2.88 million, up from the $2.86 million a month earlier, according to figures released this week by the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. All told, dispensaries sold more than $80 million in recreational pot products last month. That marked a drop from the record $88 million in sales recorded in January Uh, When there were three more days of sales Uh, In the first full year of legalization Recreational pot sales reached nearly $670 million Based on this year's first two months Total sales in 2021 are on pace to eclipse $1 billion The sales figures are reported Separately from medical marijuana tallies Which are reported later In the month And you know I don't have the sales numbers here I gotta look that up online and find out How the Ben Jarovsky show bong is doing (laughs) Uh, I'm sure the record sales are through the roof on that one It's getting a lot of use on
1: the Ben Jarofsky show Producer Dennis loves that box Oh no (laughs) Uh, You know D First of all I'm not surprised people love reefer Nothing's changed in the state of Illinois People have loved reefer ever since I can remember The biggest joke in the world is somehow or other That there's a downstate upstate division on this Completely nonsensical. My expert on on this uh, point is Dennis himself. Still tell you about that cookie man in uh, Alton. Uh, I remember my visit to Carbondale back in the 70s. There was (laughs) people literally smoking around the clock. Such a joke. Our attitude about marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, is farcical. And you know what? It's still illegal on the federal level. Joe Biden is still running away from it. Still That old mindset. Dems are so afraid of being called weak on law and order. So many initiatives that work against what the Democratic Party should be standing for are inspired because Dems are always on the defensive, trying to prove that they aren't what Republicans say they are instead of just being who they are. You know what? I'm going to say something nice about Donald John Trump. Donald John Trump didn't care what anybody said about him. He went on the counterattack constantly. You know, and his base loved him. Democrats are always, you know, like they won't challenge the filibuster. We don't want to look as though we're being aggressive. We we don't want to look like we're not being uh, bipartisan. They won't challenge the parliamentarians' ruling on the... $15 minimum wage. Well, you know, the parliamentarian made her decision. We have to abide by it. Always worried what Republicans are going to say about them. That's why I told if Donald Trump had come out for the legalization of marijuana, I don't know, D, he may have been reelected. Because marijuana is really popular. People need it to get through life. Not me, not Dennis. And this has been marijuana free for like forever now. That's Holy- false. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sort of marijuana free, but I don't get it. You know, and I, and I was talking about this with Tommy Shuba because uh, he wrote an excellent article about um about a week or so ago, and I was uh, texting him about it. With, Good job. Young Tom Shuba, the uh, cannabis correspondent for the Chicago Sun-Times. He covers other beats besides that, but uh, that's his
0: main beat. And no, and he, I, I've never seen him hot boxing in the Sun-Times parking lot, for the record, all right? Sorry.
1: For the record, no. but well, We've seen him smoking cigarettes on the sidewalk outside the Sun-Times. Okay, we're just outing Tom Shuba today. <laughs> we love Tommy Shuba. I think he's one of the finest journalists in the city. Uh but uh, he was talking about this giant uh, consortium, I can't remember the name of it, uh, that's in the reefer business, the cannabis business, it's now being, uh, it's gone public in Canada, and it's being, uh, you could buy its shares in this company on the Canadian Stock Exchange, and so I texted Tom, and I go, why isn't it in the United States, and again, it has to do with the federal ban, I'm like, what a joke, what a freaking joke. That we still are clinging to this notion that there's something alien and weird and foreign and dangerous and criminal and unlaw and orderly about Reefer. Even though what is it, two point nine million a day in sales D? Is that what you said? Wow. Weird, 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 and weirder. Uh, and I'm hoping that it is made legal on the federal level soon because it's ridiculous uh, that we have this double standard. And it is really, uh, uh, it. Uh, I think it's just holding us back in general, and particularly in terms of the unfairness, the inequity of people getting thrown into jail or punished for doing something that clearly millions and millions of people do all
0: the time. Hey, way to compliment Donald Trump! Your MAGA hats in the mail. I'm not a doctor.
1: Hey, I—I I mean, it's true. He doesn't care what you say about him. He counterpunches. The Democrats—they hmm, hmm, we don't want to look like we're—we're we're too partisan. We're scared." You know? Well, what, what will the Republicans say about us? Come on, Dems, take a stand. Pass that $15 minimum wage bill and then legalize reefer. Imagine how popular Dems would be if uh, Biden said, we're legalizing cannabis. Uh,
0: uh, What? (laughs) Legalizing cannabis. All right, guys. Fun stuff coming up. Okay, we're gonna do a Chicago trivia quiz. All right, it's Chicago's 184th birthday. 184th Mayor Lightfoot. Apparently, Mayor Lightfoot said 185th today, uh, but it is Chicago's 184th birthday. We are gonna have such a good time with this Chicago trivia quiz. But first, we're gonna have not such a good time. The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times and Mitch the Dude Dudek. Third man accuses Father Flager of Uh, sexual abuse. A third man now claims the Reverend Michael Flager sexually abused him decades ago. In a sworn statement, the 59-year-old man said he was 18 when Father Flager molested him in the St. Sabina rectory. Um, He decided to come forward to bolster the claims of two brothers who accused Flager in January of abusing them more than 40 years ago when they were minors, allegations that were met. With disbelief by members of the church where Flager has long served as pastor, Eugene Hollander, an attorney who represents the brothers, said the least uh, the latest accuser reached out to him uh, to share his story. Unlike the brothers, the last accuser has not filed a claim with the archdiocese uh, seeking financial compensation for the alleged Abuse, Hollander said he delivered the man's affidavit Tuesday to the Archdiocese of Chicago, which is investigating the abuse claims. now we tried our best, uh you know, to avoid this story, but it looks like it just keeps coming back. So, Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts?
1: Well, yeah, I don't know what to make of this, and I, I, I um, I have to admit, when I first started, re- I was reading the story. I was like, Do I believe these two brothers? Is this an attempt to uh, shake down Father Flager? I mean, D, I, my, that was my first instinct. And I, I've i just been around Chicago so long that I never believe anything. You know, with just that mindset of Chicago that everything's a scam, nothing's real. And it's, I can understand why Chicagoans have that attitude because so much is a scam in this city and so much is not what it seems. Uh, but when the, I read that article very closely, the, the one you alluded to, and uh, there was one in the Tribune and one in the Sun-Times. Uh, and the third person who came forward is uh, now a truck driver. I believe he's about um, 60 years old, 59, something like that. He lives, he lived in Chicago. Uh, he was an altar boy at St. Sabina Church. Uh, and uh, he claims he's gone through ups and downs in his life, addictions, alcoholism, and he's clean now. Uh, and he says he just is coming forth because he feels in his heart, he has to say uh, he didn't that what happened to him by with father Flager years ago, he could not hide it anymore. He could not keep it within himself anymore. And he didn't want people just to have the typical Chicago reaction that this is a scam. It's, it's made up. Cause it's not. So D I have no idea what to think. Now I really don't. I mean, these are things that happened so many years ago. It's a high profile person. Um, there had never been, as far as I know, any kind of allegation about Father Flager uh, in the past. I, I'm just going to be honest here. So many people have an assumption that uh, this is widespread among all priests. So that works against Father Flager. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm really quite not sure what to make of this, but the third guy makes it more real and more credible. And you know, I've had mixed feelings about Father Flager as a public person down through the years. Uh, I I totally admire his commitment uh, to his church and his community. And so many people I know belong to the church uh, and speak well of him and talk about uh, his energy and his passion and how he's there for them when they need him. Uh, but politically, of course, he's been an ally of, you pick it, Mayor Daly, Mayor Rahm. And not so much Mayor Lightfoot, but Mayor Daley, Mayor Rama, many big issues. Uh, he stood with them and uh, used his voice, his power uh, to p- prop them up. I remember that bizarre stance he took regarding putting the uh, Children's Museum in, in the Grant Park, where he said there somehow or other was a racial issue, that the people around Grand Park didn't want black children coming to their apartments. It was the most absurd argument I've made I've, I'd seen anybody make. Uh, so... I'm not happy with this. Even though I'm not a huge supporter of Father Flanker, I really don't know the guy at all. I've only interviewed him once or twice in all the years I've been in town. I I hate this story, D. You know what I mean? I just hate it because I don't want to see a a great uh, leader go down. But uh, the archdiocese has an obligation to investigate because now you have three claims. So you can't just sweep it under the rug, D. you got to take the hard look and do the investigation. And uh, if it's real,
0: you have to, Father Flagger has to face the consequences. All right. That part's over, guys. Moving on. It's fun time. It's Chicago's birthday. (laughs) Come on, Ben. Happy birthday to you. No? Okay. Yes. And Benny... (laughs) Oh, that's fine. Swallowing waters. Yes, and Ben, for the first time on this program, you can feel young again, but just barely. <laughs> Chicago turns 184 years old today. Shout out to the Chicago Sun-Times. You know, you may have given the Ben Jarofsky show the boot, but by God, you still do great work. The Sun-Times put together a Chicago trivia quiz. It's an interactive quiz that you can take Online. Go check this out and play along if you can. All right. If you're listening on download, pause the show right now. Go find the quiz and play along. Now, if you've listened to our show at least one time, you know two things. One, although it is called The Ben Jarofsky Show, yes, I, Dennis, speak on this show. <laughs> and two, our host, Ben Jarofsky, is hands down the biggest Chicago political nerd on planet <laughs> Earth. My God, he's a nerd, guys. So, we're going to test his knowledge. Once and for all, and see if he knows. All right? Like I said, this is an interactive quiz, uh, live stream chat. Just listen along. See if you know the answers before Ben does. We'll have a good old time here until our interview with David Glowatz. All right. By the way, this comes from one Satchel Price of the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you very much, Satchel. All right. So let's get this underway here. I have some questions. Ben, I'm going to ask you, and we'll just move along. Your Chicago trivia quiz. Ben Jarofsky. How many buildings in Chicago stand 1,000 feet tall or higher?
1: Yeah, see, that's the kind of trivia. I don't know because I got issues. Like, I don't even know what 1,000 feet is. I got some problems with that. Give
0: me so a number just... between 1
1: and 10. All right. Uh, well, there's the Sears Tower, uh, which is not even called the Sears Tower. There's the Stannard, There's Hancock.
0: No, this uh, segment's going to take forever Five? five? Okay, he's yeah. going five Alright, we're going to submit it You get your answer. You get your answers at the end Oh, oh wait, no, you don't actually Benzroski, you're wrong There's actually oh. six There's seven <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty close Yeah, it was close <laughs> Alright, our next question I'm trying to remember which one I missed, but go ahead There was six, not five Next question What was the original name of Wrigley Field? Addison Field? Cubs Park, uh, Wiegman Park. It's always been Wrigley Field. And we, that last one's wrong. Wiegman Park. You're going Weigman Park? Yes, sir. All right. Let's find out. Here. Ben says Wiegman Park. Let's see, submit the answer. Correct. Wrigley Field originally opened as Wegman Park in 1914. Hey, hey, holy mackerel. No doubt about Sorry, it. Sorry. All right, next question. Lincoln Park Zoo opened after being oh, gifted God. a pair of what animal from New York City? Oh, God. <laughs> lions, elks, <laughs> pumas, swans, or monkeys? I'm going with uh, lions. He's going lions. He's going lions, Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> you are. No and eh, you're wrong. Central Park's Board of Commissioners gifted the zoo a pair of swans in 1868. Right when you moved into Chicago. You should have known that. <laughs> That's when I graduated high school, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Next, how many lines does the famous Chicago L train system have?
1: Uh, hold on. Let me do this. I can do this. Let me count them out. Ah, uh, there's the blue, there's the brown, there's the orange, there's the red, there's the yellow. 5. He's going 5. Wait, wait. Did I say green? Uh, blue, brown, orange, red. Oh, I think yellow they don't count in Chicago. So, 5.
0: I'm he's going to go 5. He's going 5. Vinjerowski. Almost. There's 8. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I forget orange? Yes, I forgot orange. Did you forget purple?
1: How could I forget the purple? See, yeah, the purple line. I think of that as Evanston and O'Mette, but you're right. You know, D, when you're right, you're right.
0: Uh, not not <laughs> as big as a Chicago nerd as I thought. I'm totally
1: not a Chicago nerd. Don't get me started on Chicago. We, You know what? We should save these questions for uh, Jacob Kaplan and Danny P. Oh, yeah? Throw them at those two. Those are Chicago (laughs) nerds. I'm a political nerd. It's a different subset of the... Well,
0: we got about six minutes left, so let's just keep on going. Which (laughs) Chicago (laughs) attraction was listed... What? Hey, do me a favor the. uh, Hmm. Let's edit
1: out the part where I didn't know how many uh, lines there are. You got it. And then we'll redo it, and then you could stitch it into the podcast. And then after i done it and I get it right, I say eight, you go, my God, your knowledge is of CTA lore is brilliant.
0: You're a genius. Right. And you also forgot the pink line. Okay, uh, let's go oh, on here. Yeah. That's a new line, man. That, I shouldn't be held. They didn't have the pink line when I was in high school. All right. That's a new line when you were in high school in 1868. Ben, what Chicago attraction was listed by TripAdvisor as one of the 10 most popular in oh, the world God. for 2019? Was it Navy Pier, Millennium Park, and the Bean? Magnificent Mile or willis tower i'm going
1: with bean people love that thing people, you see the movies and everything and people do uh, love the bean it's, it's daily's greatest accomplishment mayor richard m. people go ben you never say anything nice about mayor richard m daily you never said anything nice. people you know it's funny people have forgotten him i spent the 90s battling the daily machine and the o's uh but you know what i give him credit yeah, it was your TIFF dollars that paid for it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be dumb and think that it was private money that paid for it. It was public dollars that paid for it. But I think Millennium Park was a great achievement. Give Mayor Daly credit for that. I'm giving credit for a lot of things. Uh, so give credit
0: for that. I'm going with the bean, D. He's going with the bean. Ben Jarofsky, you're wrong. The, oh. the correct answer is Willis Tower, which ranked ninth on TripAdvisor's rankings. You're kidding. I never would. By the way, who called, nobody calls
1: it Willis Tower. I just draw that out there Sears Tower
0: let's go Pete. get in the game all right let's do one more hey, well, the- have I gotten any right I uh, like <laughs> one maybe all right um, uh, I got
1: the Wrigley Field we can partner uh, right yeah,
0: yeah. you felt real good about that too um <laughs> When did the city first die? The Chicago River Green to celebrate oh, St. Patrick's Christ. Day. Oh, wow.
1: I hate St. Patrick's Day. 1937. 1937
0: white people. 1937. 1946. 1962. Or 1981. Wow.
1: I'm going, wait, what am I, 37 or what's the
0: other one? 37, 46, 62, 81. I'm going 37. Ben goes 1937. When did the city first die? The Chicago river green to celebrate St. Patrick's day. The year was 1962. <laughs> hey, I was alive when they did
1: that. I was a young lad in Rhode Island. Hi.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Well, you, I got one, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One out of 10. pretty bad. Hey, happy birthday, Chicago. <laughs> we got more questions. We're going to be doing that after our interview with David Glowatz. Hey, maybe we'll throw some at the Chicago political know-it-alls or the Illinois political know-it-alls, rather, uh, during our bonus interview, which you can hear, by the way, at ChicagoReader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. That's right. Previous Ben Jarovsky shows, bonus interviews, so much more. Go check it out. You can send us an email, by the way, Benny Show at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from if you'd like us to read your email on the show. Steven, not sure if you were joining us uh, when we read your email, Ooh. but yeah, we read your email. Ben, what, what? I forgot. I gotta read Peter Jenko's email. PJ,
1: Peter Jenko. Right. I'm sorry, Peter. I got so carried away. I didn't read your email. So I'm gonna read it right now. Peter Jenko committeeman, uh, who voted for Robin Kelly. And just so oh. people know this, Peter Jenko uh was the only committeeman who did not vote for Michael Joseph Madigan. So he has some uh, symbolic significance. He was the only committee, member to did not vote for Michael Joseph Madigan's reelection. D that was what four years ago. Good God. Time has uh, flown. Here we go. Uh, Dear Benny J. The vote for Robin Kelly was so close that if any single committee person that voted for Kelly had voted for Harris instead, the Madigan machine would have won. <laughs> well, I guess if anybody gets has the right to call it the Madigan machine, uh, it is Peter Jenko because he didn't vote for Madigan. Uh, Mark Uthel, the guy I beat in 2018, was a union leader. And my guess is he would have voted for Harris because AFL-CIO backed Harris. The irony, uh, the irony in all this is that many of the progressives that busted their butts big time to get me and Allison Squires uh, elected thought it was a hollow victory that only one out of the 13 of us that ran against the Madigan machines was victorious, quote, What can one lone progressive do to take away the power of the unbeatable Madigan machine? You are only one vote out of 36. You won't make any difference. Never underestimate the impact that the butterfly effect can have, and every vote does count. And to think, you played a role in bringing down the powerful Madigan machine. You helped get me elected. You put me on the radio. Thank you. Robin Kelly, thanks you, Pete. All right. I I brought Pete Jenko on my old show because I had the other guy on that he was running against, and then Jenko called up and goes, hey, what about me? Remember that, D? I go, come on. And he was victorious. Uh, And the payback is he actually got me an interview with Michael Joseph Madigan. And so it was awkward. Uh, remember that interview, that mm. great interview. Uh, uh, I love app. <laughs>
0: uh, then I got to go. Bye.
1: Anyway, uh, Peter Jenko, you called it. You predicted it. Take your uh, victory lap, young man. Uh, you accurately predicted that Robin Kelly would win.
0: Be like Peter Jenko. Leave us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at bennyjshow, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's true. You can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. We have a phone number. 708-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. Hey, maybe take the uh, Chicago Trivia Quiz and let us know your score or... Send Ben Jirowski some trivia on some stuff he knows about. The Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yes. Make our host no. feel smart, guys. 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Okay. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, all things, the city council meeting, the last one. When was the last city council meeting, Ben? Literally the last one? I yeah. think it was last Friday. Oh, well, hey, yeah, yeah. They, they had a bonus. Yeah. I got it right.
1: There was that bonus one, remember? That uh, after the deferred publish maneuver, which I'm sure Dave Glatz, Glatz will be getting into, Ray Lowe and Ed Burt pulled that deferred and published. And so Friday, we were on the air. They had a city council meeting.
0: You got it right, Ben. Good job. Hey, come on, man. Whatever. Come on, give me the ball. Whatever makes you feel better. All right. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, I've seen a whole lot of catfish.